Thank you for joining us for this week's message from the First Christian Church in Great Bend, Kansas. Each week we share thought-provoking and life-changing teachings on topics that are important and relevant to you in your life. We hope that you will be encouraged by our weekly podcast and will tune in regularly. Now let's join the First Christian Church of Great Bend for this week's message. Today we're in the third week of our sermon series called On Earth As It Is in Heaven. And remember what we're doing in this series is exploring in even deeper ways what it is we mean when we proclaim. At Great Bend First Christian Church, our vision is to bring heaven to earth. Our vision, our God-given purpose is to bring heaven to earth. Which we're doing not only because it helps us as a congregation continue to grow into the church that God is calling us to be, which in and of itself is absolutely amazing, but also because bringing heaven to earth is what it looks like for you and I to live our lives as followers of Jesus every single day. So in week one, and to put all of this into perspective, we began by exploring the first part of the Lord's Prayer. And what we learn through this foundational prayer is that our purposes as Christians are not just to get to heaven when we die, although that's important and foundational, but also includes bringing heaven to earth. And all because what the Lord's Prayer is actually all about is bringing heaven to earth. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, on earth as it is in heaven. Then last week, as we started to get into the practicality of what bringing heaven to earth looks like lived out, what we discovered is that what comes first or what's most important for you and I to live as Christians is loving God with everything that we are and loving our neighbors as ourselves, which we live by doing what's best for others. That's what it looks like, especially for people who are in need. But now that we have set this foundation in love. To continue to build on that foundation, we want to get into how serving others is also another really important way that we are being called to play our part in causing God's kingdom to come and his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And again, this is revolutionary stuff here that will not only change you if you get it and live it, but will change the world around you because that's what God is calling us to do. So for me, the place to begin when exploring what Jesus has to teach us about serving others is with this crazy episode where his disciples get into it about who is going to be the greatest. So Matthew 20, 20 through 28 begins. It says this, Then the mother of the sons of Zebedee came to Jesus with her sons, and kneeling before him, she asked a favor of him. Note, she asked a favor of him. Or what we find going on in the opening part of the story is that a mother of two of Jesus' disciples who have been with him since the beginning, James and John, has come to Jesus to ask him for a favor. So, of course, Jesus kind of replies, you know, what do you want? What is this favor that you're seeking? And without hesitation, this mother responds by asking for this, which is absolutely mind-blowing if you know what she's asking for. She says, declare that these two sons of mine will sit, one at your right hand and the other at your left in your kingdom. Declare that these two sons of mine will sit, one at your right hand and the other at your left in your kingdom. Or note, the favor that this woman is seeking is not something small. It's not a little thing. 
but is instead for Jesus to make her two sons second and third in command when Jesus comes to power or when Jesus takes his place as the Messiah of Israel. I mean, this is a huge ask here. Now, what makes this request so interesting, which we oftentimes miss because we aren't ancient Jews, we don't think the way they do, is that what most Jewish people, including these three, expected from the Messiah at that time was that the Messiah would actually be a man that God would send into the world whose main purpose was to raise up an army and to defeat all of their enemies. Or what most Jews were looking for in their Messiah was someone like King David to come in as a warrior king and lead them to victory over all of their enemies so that ultimately the goal being putting them back on top, putting them in power, having them be the ones with all the control. Now I know that for most of you, this understanding of the Messiah seems a bit strange because Jesus was nothing like this as our Messiah. But what you need to know is that for most Jews, especially these three, this is what they expected from Jesus as their Messiah. This is what they were longing for. This is what this question is all about. Which means what James, John, and their mother were really asking for with this favor, and you know James and John are in on this. They're not innocent in this. Was for James and John to become the second and third most powerful people in all of Israel. Or to become vice president and secretary of state when Jesus comes to power. Which is actually a huge power grab where this family is doing what they have to do to become one of the most powerful families in all of Israel. Or for those of you who are in the know, this is a Game of Thrones move here. Or the kind of move where this family is willing to do whatever it takes to make sure that they are in power when Jesus becomes the king. And I'll give you a moment to let that seek in because it's so startling when you begin to understand what it is that they're really asking for. What it is that they're chasing for and all that is going on in this text. So Jesus responds, you do not know what you're asking. You do not know what you're asking. Or in other words, you don't know what you're asking for. Because you have missed the point of who I am and what I've come to accomplish. And that I am not going to be the kind of Messiah that is going to raise up an army and overthrow the entire world. But instead I'm going to be the kind of king that is going to conquer and save the world by loving it to death. Which in the end has nothing to do with wealth or power or status. Which is what you're chasing after. And everything to do with becoming servants to the world. Or in Jesus' response to this request, what he is basically doing is trying to get them to see that not only do they not understand who he is and what he came to do, but they are actually chasing after the wrong dream or they're actually headed in the wrong direction because what they want or what they are chasing after is not God's plan for the world. This is not the way that Jesus came into the world to save things, to make things better. They're just flat out missing the point. Which apparently is not just something that James and John and their mama have missed. But seems to be something that every single one of Jesus' disciples are confused about as well. Because as we skip down to verse 24, what we will find is that the other ten disciples seem to be chasing after 
the exact same thing. And the reason we know this is because of this response. When the ten heard it, they were angry with the two brothers. When the ten heard it, they were angry with the two brothers, which is the kind of anger and jealousy that comes from a competition that seems to be going on between the disciples as they are all jockeying to become the most powerful disciple. Or what I imagine after this stunt that James and John has just pulled is that the disciples are now all huddled up going out at each other over who is going to be the greatest because they all long to be on top. They all want to have that power. But as these ding-dongs are fighting with one another over who is going to be the greatest, that is when Jesus interrupts to proclaim to them what it really looks like to be the greatest. He begins. You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones are tyrants over them? You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones are tyrants over them? Or you guys are well aware of how the world works. And that it's better to be on top than it is to be on the bottom. Because when you're on top, you can do whatever you want to anyone that you want. Well, even though that may be how the rest of the world works, I'm here to tell you that's not my way. And that is not the way of the kingdom of God. No, instead, if you want to be considered one of the greatest, or, or if you want to roll with me, be a part of what I am doing when I come to power, then what you have to do is stop chasing after success and status and power and wealth. And instead, start devoting your life to serving others. Or as Jesus explains, Whoever wishes to be great among you must be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man came not to, serve, to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And you really need to hear this. And not only do you really need to hear this, but you need to memorize this verse because it is absolutely opposite of what we normally think about the world. It says, whoever wishes to be greatest among you must be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Or what Jesus is doing here, which is so revolutionary, it should take your breath away and punch you in the face at the same time. And it's something we all need to hear. Is he is proclaiming that what makes you great in God's eyes or what makes you great in the eyes of the one who matters the most is not fame or fortune or power or status or getting caught up in the rat race of all of that stuff. But it's in how you serve others. That's what greatness looks like. Or as Paul so beautifully puts the same idea, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regards others as better than yourself. Let each of you not look to your own interest. Notice that. Let each of you not look to your own interest, but to the interest of others. And all because that's what it looks like to follow in the footsteps of a king who didn't come out into the world to raise up an army and take it back by force. Or a king who was about trying to get on top so that he could live a life of luxury and so that everybody could serve him. But a king who came to save the world by becoming its servant. 
even if that man, he had to give everything to make that a reality. So, what I hope has become very clear to you at this point is that another way that you and I are being called to bring heaven to earth in all that we do is by simply stepping out of the rat race or stopping to chase after what it is that we want or getting caught up in those games of success, wealth, and power and to start giving our life completely and totally to serving everyone we know. Because no matter what the world thinks, no matter what anyone else in your life thinks, this is actually what true greatness looks like. Let us pray. Father, we come before you this morning and the truth is, in one way or another, we're all caught up in this rat race, this, this uh, movement to be on top. Uh, some of us doing even more than others, but doing what we have to to kind of get on top, stay on top, so that we can be the ones who have the power, so that we can be the ones that make the decisions. But then we read this. Then we look at the way that you lived your life. And we are reminded that what makes us great or what it means to be great in your kingdom it is not what other people think, but it's by how we serve others. It's by how we choose to live our lives, not in selfish ways, but in giving everything that we are to others so that they can have what they need. So Lord, help us this morning as we continue to kind of ponder and, and wrestle, with this, wrestle with this idea of what it means to live out bringing heaven to earth. That we understand that becoming servants is a huge part of that. We ask this all in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. You are invited back next week for another life-changing message from the First Christian Church of Great Bend, Kansas. Please check out our website at www.fccgbk.com. That's fccgbk.com. May you have a blessed week.